Hi, friends. Hello, hello. You're listening to I'm Sorry What the Podcast with Ashley Sleek. I'm sorry, what? It's just like I showed up at your front door, bottle of wine in hand with 30 minutes of juicy ass gossip to talk about. Like, who doesn't want to do that? I'm sorry, what? We're just here to talk about all those moments that make you really question what's going on in life. Like, why are you hung up over Brad from Bumble? How did Kylie get pregnant again? And, you know, why are you living at home at the ripe age of 29? (laughs) Or is that just me? I'm sorry, what? Hello, hello, and welcome back to I'm Sorry About the Podcast. I'm Ashley Sleek, and you know, when my mom tells guys that I'm dating that you'll never be bored, um, she really, like, she really meant it. You know what I mean? Like, and sometimes people talk to me about the podcast, and they're like, what is your podcast about? And it's hard for me not to sound like a narcissist and be like, the podcast is about my life. And you know, because most people would be like, is anyone's life that interesting that, you know, you can make a weekly podcast about it? The answer is, is should be no. Um, And yet I just had the whirlwind of a week and just get to tell you all about it. So no, I don't think I'm the most interesting person in the world. However, I do believe what has been said. You will never be bored hanging out with me and being my friend and listening to the podcast. I just, and what's funny about today's episode is that, you know, I really chatted with myself about it this morning. I was like, Ashley, it's very clear that the prednisone is kicking in. I, I will explain later. It's it's very clear. And the prednisone makes you extremely unhinged. It is super important that you prepare for the podcast so you don't go astray. And then I was like, but I'm on prednisone, I'm unhinged, and I don't want to plan. So we're just going to go for it. It's like when inspiration strikes, you just do it, okay? When you got to go, you got to go. It's for the bathroom. It's for the podcast. Um, So, you know, wow. Like, I think the last time we spoke, I had gotten out of the ER uh, and was going to be heading to a different emergency room the next day, which I did. Um, Thank you to the people who gave me uh, cred for putting out a fabulous episode in this time. I haven't actually listened back to it. And, you know, I'm I once again, a little narcissist. I listen to my own podcast and I haven't actually been caught up. So I have no idea if it was as good as people told me. But if you were lying to me, I appreciate it. All lies are appreciated at this time. Um, (laughs) I will take any form of flattery in this moment. Um, It has been such a wild ride. And I was like going back and forth on how exactly I wanted to just tell the story. I was like, should I just go back and like read the newsletters that I was sending to my friends because they are pretty impressive, which I might do. But first, I'll catch you up. Uh, So we're going to go at this in the way I experienced it. You know how I like to tell a story? I love to just bring you through the whole journey. So basically, on Wednesday morning, podcast debut, I'm sorry, what Wednesdays, My dad and I woke up at like 530 in the morning and drove down to Stanford. For those of you who need a refresher that didn't listen, maybe this is your first episode of the podcast. Hi, hello, welcome. Um, This is I'm Sorry What, I'm Ashley Sleek, and I'm a mess. And that is what it is. So basically, um, I... (laughs) Uh, my ankles were completely swollen. This was so different from the like meniscus injury from my knee. They were completely separate. Um, and so basically I had been spending weeks trying to get a hold of a rheumatologist because they were like, you need a rheumatologist and nobody wants to take me, blah, blah, blah. Finally, my doctor's like, 
this is an emergency. And I was like, I've been saying that for two fucking weeks. Like, hello. And she was like, you need to go to a hospital. So in the last episode, I had shared that I went to the hospital and then they told me there, like, no, you need to go to the mothership. You need to go to um, Palo Alto Stanford Center. To which, though, my boss, because I texted her about this and she was like, the one good thing is that the doctors at Stanford are gorgeous. And she there was no lies in that statement. There was absolutely no lies. It was very intimidating. And I, I will tell you all about it, obviously. Um, so, you know, we get down. My, my dad and I get up super early and we go. And I just like for timeline's sake, because you know I love the drama, to be as dramatic about this as possible, it is Wednesday morning, okay? As a reminder... My best friend is getting married on Saturday. And the whole goal, I told the doctors, I was like, I don't care if I need to come back into the emergency room on Sunday. I will be walking on Saturday. So my dad and I get in there and immediately the first thing the lady says is like this, the first nurse, she just goes, there's no way I see you walking on Saturday. And my dad was like, great. Like, what, what, what is he supposed to do with that? Like, I'm already so fucking emotional, can't hang. You know what I mean? And um, it's 7.30 in the morning. I'm exhausted. I've spent my whole weeks basically doing this, you know. And I just I just looked at her and I said, yes, I will. At least that's honestly how it played out in my head. And my dad can be like, you didn't say that out loud. But this is for the story, dad. So just let it be. I, no matter what, was telling doctors I was going to walk at this wedding. I was like, don't fuck with me. Like, you know what I mean? So anyways, um, I, I see the first dermatologist, which was so interesting because everybody was like rheumatologist, rheumatologist, rheumatologist. And at this point, I was like a rheumatologist to me just seems like an emotionally available straight man. You know what I mean? It's like you hear about them. You see that other people have them and they get married and they're successful. It's just something that you personally have never experienced. So you're not sure if it's if it's an option. You know what I mean? It's like everybody kept telling me about this mystical rheumatologist who was going to solve all my problems. They were the only thing that was going to solve my problems, much like, you know, finding an emotionally available man that was going to, you know, I'm going to get married and that's how to solve all my problems. And um, so I, I just couldn't wait to see them. But then the dermatologist comes in and suddenly they're the heroes. It was like, okay, maybe I've been looking in the wrong place the whole time. I've been so obsessed with the rheumatologist, but in reality, the dermatologist was who was going to help me. I don't know how that's going to translate into my dating life, but I will figure it the fuck out. So anyways, dermatology comes in and it's two students. So what was cool about being at Stanford is that they had students there. So then I had like these big ass teams. I was like a fucking celeb. I had four different teams and each one of those teams at least had three to five people. And I was like, oh my God, I am so important. I was like, I wish I would have come to this hospital immediately. Like people cared that I was there. And I was like, what a, what a concept. So anyways, dermatology comes in and they like, I can't pronounce it, but it's something with an E. And this, this student is like, I think this is what this is. And I was like, okay, because everybody's been telling me it's rheumatoid arthritis. And she's like, nah, dog. And I was like, all right, girl, like, we're good. So she came in with another student, by the way, and he kept winking at me and I was living for it. And I was like, listen, babe, you got to stop doing that. I'm so single and I have this mindset that I'm going to marry one of your doctors. So stop fucking winking at me. But I love it. Also, I was like, my dad's in the room, you scandalous little bitch. I don't think he got onto it at all. Also, as a side note, and I'm sorry, you know me, you listen to the podcast, so you know I'm jumping around. 
one of the weirdest and creepiest things, and I feel bad that, like, I didn't address this with my dad, and obviously, because it's so uncomfortable, but, and now he's going to listen to the podcast, so he's going to hear it anyways, but one of the things that was so weird, it took me a minute to figure out, was that everybody kept walking in and being like, oh, who is this? To my dad. And I was like, my dad. You know what I mean? And then I suddenly realized that I was at the age where, like, that man could have not been my dad. Like, I could have easily brought some, like, sugar daddy in with me. But in reality, it was my actual dad. And I was horrified when I made this realization to the point where people were walking in. I was like, this is my dad. Like, I please don't ask me who is this? Because I just thought it was so weird. And I was like, oh, my God, of course, they can't walk in and be like, oh, this must be your dad. Ew, you know, and the only reason I think that because you could be thinking like, all right, Ashley, it could be like a stepdad or something else. No, I've read. I've seen it on TikTok. I've seen these stories of nurses who were like, oh, yeah, I went in and did this. And and, uh, no. And so I was just like, they're playing it safe, but I'm horrified. And I was like, let me listen, you guys. I was here for treatment and I was also husband hunting because we never give up on the hunt. So I was like, I, this is my dad. Hello. OK, anyways, back to the story. So the dermatologist comes in and she's like I in the, in the other student guide. They're like, we think this is this. We're going to bring in rheumatology and the GI and, you know, a set of um, like general doctors. And I was like, OK. And she's like, but I think they're going to want to keep you overnight immediately. And I was like, oh, my God, the drama. I was like, overnight, this is so dramatic. And I told her, I said, listen, I don't care. I need to be out by Friday, like Friday morning. You know, I was hoping to make my nail appointment on Thursday, but whatever. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. I was like, I'm in a wedding. I want to walk. And she's like, I hear you. And I was like, thank you, because the first bitch was like, you're not walking. And I was like, don't fucking tell me that. So anyways, doctors come in. Um. And I see like the GI I didn't see for a long time, but then finally a rheumatologist comes in and I think I scared them with my love. Honest to God. I was like, oh, my God, the rheumatologist. It was like I met Harry fucking Styles, which I have, by the way, flex on flex. But I was like, <laughs> I felt equally as nervous because I was like, you are the key. And they were just like, yeah, but we're not. You know what I mean? It was like the biggest letdown. It was like they say, don't meet your heroes. And I get it. Or it was once again to go back to the dating analogy. It's like, you know, you're chatting with a guy like online forever and then you meet him in person and like there's no spark. Like that's how I felt with the rheumatologist. I was like, you were my love story. You were going to fix everything. And they're like, it's not us, babe. This has nothing to do with us. And then he hits me with a, are you sure you have lupus? And I was like, hold on. Every rheumatologist asked me this question, by the way. And I always answer no. I don't know. Because... In the backstory of me having lupus, so I got lupus from the medication that I took for my Crohn's disease. So this was back. I, everybody kept asking me dates and I had to explain so many times that I've had thousands of concussions. So I don't fucking know. And that time was such a dark time in my life. Like I can remember I got Crohn's diagnosed on September 22nd in 2008. Like I know the date. I do the whole Chronoversary thing. It took me a while to remember. I do remember getting the diagnosis on St. Patrick's Day that I had I had lupus and fibromyalgia. I just can't remember what year. And it throws me off and it drives me crazy. And like I, I just I don't even know what to say about it. It's just it's stressful. But that time in my life, like those couple years from like 2016 to 2018, like they were that was some dark times for Ashley. Those were some not fun not fun time. So it's hard for me to piece all those dates together. So anyways, all that is to say that this is what happened. I said, well, I'm having I've been having the symptoms still of lupus 
And when they told me that I got a medically induced lupus, they were just like, you have lupus for life. Like, you know what I mean? Nobody was like, well, this is this could go away because I didn't get cool ass like you'll have this for three weeks diagnosis at the time. This is like your life's fucked forever. So I don't know. I just didn't ask. I also lost my insurance during this time. So there was all that stuff. So anyways, I just told him I was like, well, no. And he I was like, but I have the symptoms of lupus. And he was like, well, the symptoms of lupus are also the symptoms of Crohn's. And I was like, so what you're telling me is that I based my whole ass personality off being a triple threat of having Crohn's, lupus, and fibromyalgia. And you're saying that I have to I have to drop one. And this is where I think I'm going to bring in a little bit of the newsletter because I feel like I laid this out so perfectly there that it, 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 need, it deserves to be read out loud. And this is actually from newsletter three. So I kind of got more from the rheumatologist at the very end there. But basically, I was like, this is Julie Schmidt's burning question in front of the podcast because she's heard this for years. I have like popped into several rheumatologists and they're like, do you have this? And, and this isn't some like fun, unique thing, by the way. I also every time I see a GI, they're like, do you have Crohn's disease? I'm like, well, that's what they told me. So yes. And then they like they're like, hmm, I'm not convinced. And then they make me do a colonoscopy. And then they're like, surprise, you have Crohn's. I'm like, no shit, bitch. Like, but whatever. OK, so here's a, a, a snippet from the amazing newsletter that I wrote after being on all these drugs and out of the hospital. Julie Schmidt's burning question was half answered. There's a high chance that I do not have lupus anymore. So my sparkling personality, incredible dance moves, and to die for looks will have to be my new triple threat. Basically, I did have medically induced lupus, but Crohn's has the same symptoms of lupus. So it's possible that the lupus actually went away years ago and the lupus symptoms that I'm having now, aka the joint pain, could just be Crohn's. The rheumatologist said for me to continue to treat the Crohn's and if the joint problems just go away, then he thinks that the lupus went away. But if they do persist, then I'll have to go back for treatment of lupus. The fibromyalgia, he thinks I do have, but kind of the same thing there. If it goes away with the Crohn's treatment, then it was that. Basically, my Crohn's disease went all Tanya Harding on my other diseases and demanded to be my number one disease, and I respect it. So who knows? I could be just a two-disease gal now. Maybe I'm a one-disease gal now. I don't know. It's a whole different world. We're processing. So basically, you know, they tell me I have to stay overnight. I get moved to all these rooms. And what what I was very excited about was they handed me like a full ass menu, like a menu. And I was like, what am I at the fucking like Four Seasons Resort? Like, what is this? It had all these options and I was thrilled about it. But I still ordered just a turkey wrap, like literally by a turkey wrap. I mean, I just ordered tortilla with turkey in it and mayonnaise because Listen, I I know what I wasn't moving, which meant I know I wasn't going to the bathroom, which meant that I knew I had to do whatever I needed to do on the little toilet seat sitting next to me. And I was like, let's play this. Let's play this as best as we can. You know what I mean? Um, speaking about my poops. So then the dermatologist team comes in and in walks like this gorgeous man. And I was like, oh, my God. My first thought is, thank God this is dermatology. You know what I mean? Because I was like, it's not GI. They're not going to ask me about my poops. Like, I just have to talk about the skin rash. And by the way, fully horrified, my legs were so hairy. And listen, I get it. I'm a feminist. If you don't like to shave your legs, I support you. However, me, myself, and I were shave legs kind of gal. 
And when at some point, my dad and my mom switch. So my dad stayed with me Thursday. My mom stayed with me. Oh, sorry. My dad stayed with me Wednesday. My mom stayed with me Thursday. And she would not stop commenting on my hairy legs, which was not helpful. Um, And so they just kept touching me. And this guy was touching my hairy legs. And they looked me dead in my eyes and was like, so how are your bowels? And I was like, really? But then but then, you know, I, I rethought in my head and I was like, well, he already knows I have a bunch of problems. Like we got to like we got to look at the positive here, people. We got to look at the positives here. So, um, you know, I told him all about my poops and I was like, you know, I, I ordered the turkey wrap so I could dodge any problems. And I was like, you know what, Ashley, here's the thing. You don't have to tell them everything. Like, it's fine, you know. Uh, so, you know, I was just chilling. I was moved to like several rooms in the place, which was kind of fun. So I was playing like hot potato and getting to just explore the whole uh, Stanford facility, which was awesome. And um, basically all my doctors aligned. And um, at the very end of the night, I saw the GI. And so the big discussion on the table was prednisone because immediately they were like, prednisone could clear this up. Now, when I was 16, I was put on prednisone I was a menace to society, not only for myself, like it was, you know, a very dark time. I was super, super depressed. Um, I was also just like very angry. And it's almost like I blacked it all out, you know, and then I got on it again when I was 25. I think honestly, I can't. The timeline is so fucked for me. It's really hard. But when I was doing the getting the lupus diagnosis, they put me on it again. And I was like, well, I'm older now, but I was already like unstable. And I was in like very serious heavy therapy at the time. So I, I, I didn't do well on it. But I told the doctors, I was like, listen, like there's two things going for me right now. Obviously, I really want to get to this wedding, but Number two, I've been in pain like this has now been going on for 10 days for 10 days. I have not been able to walk without crying like, you know, I I can't move. My my quality of life is very low. Like, you know, I mean, I'm having a good time. Don't get me wrong. Like my parents are great and I'll get to my friends in a minute because I know I'm going to cry when I talk about that. Also, because I've been crying all day because of the prednisone. We'll get to that also. So um, anyways, you know, I was like, I, I just need this to be over, but I cannot have prednisone be the long term solution. I'm willing to go on it for like four to five days, but I can't I can't do longer than that. And they're like, you know, we were kind of thinking the same. So basically we made this plan and, and I'm gearing up mentally to like be on prednisone because I'm like, oh, my God. So I have to tell you now that I'm on prednisone. So the effects did not kick in. I would say I, Sunday night, I started to feel a little bit. Yesterday, I kind of felt fine. I was just really, really tired. But today, today, I've been like, oh, <laughs> you're unstable. But here's the weird thing. I've done so much work on myself that I'm very self-aware. So the weird thing is, is that I could, t- I know it's happening, but I can't stop it. And so I've been irrationally crying all day, all day. Just like it, it's it's as if for my for my ladies out there and those who experience a period, it's like being on a period, but like just heightened, you know, and so I'm just like I'm really hungry and I just I'm crying a lot, but I know that. So I've been like, OK, well, you 
like I, it, I literally start crying and then I'm like, oh my God, you're so wild. Like you have nothing to cry about. And I'm like, I know, right? Isn't this wild? So I feel like I'm having some sort of weird fucking Hannah Montana moment where I'm living these two lives or like Hannah's over here being extremely mentally unstable. But then like Miley Stewart's like, no, you're fine. So it's weird. So I, I'm hoping that it passes. I I don't feel irrationally angry or anything. However, I was concerned coming on here. I was like, what if I just like come on here and just tell people things I shouldn't like I shouldn't do that. I got to be careful. Um, what if I let the prednisone just talk, you know, and I will not. Um, so anyways, it's just it's a very weird feeling because I'm just like, I know I'm being crazy, but I don't quite know how to stop it. And I am using like my tools and things. So it's kind of like, you know, it's working. It's just it's just a very bizarre place to be in. And so I'm just trying to take it day by day. I'm just trying to, you know, not push myself too much. I'm I'm really trying to be get like catch up on all my my work and my personal life since, since I've been like in the hospital, you know, like I have a lot of text messages. I have emails, like just things I'm trying to keep up on. I will say this. I did girl boss close to the sun and I was still working in the hospital and it was something that was keeping me a little bit sane. I was like, all right, I just I'm going to answer a couple emails. I was like, I got to do this. Historically, there was a time where I took a like job interview from a hospital bed once with Julie. So like, you know, she does her thing. It was it was a tight balance of I'm focusing on my body. I'm going to get this done. But I also don't want to be too far behind and I can use the distraction. So whatever. We decided to put me on prednisone. It was all good. But the problem was, you guys, I got this neighbor. And I am not trying to be mean, okay? But I just, listen. <laughs> if I'm 97 years old and I'm in the hospital, I'm not trying to be morbid. But like, I want out. You know what I mean? I want out. It was so painful to be next to this woman. And I'm being mean, okay? This is, listen, and I'm going to blame it on the prednisone because I can. Might as well. But I'm rolled into this room with this woman. And I and then I start having, this is my first time on the prednisone. And I don't know if I was having a panic attack because of that or just because it all hit me. There are these moments throughout this whole process, and I'll keep getting to them, you know, where I'm like, oh, fuck, it's, this is happening to me. Because majority of the time I'm like fight 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 like let's go like let's fucking do this shit like we are we're listening to our body we're being a bad bitch we're gonna take the medication we're gonna eat the right foods we're gonna like sleep when we're supposed to sleep we're not gonna overwhelm ourselves like I was in such survival mode that I wasn't processing what was happening so then I think when my dad left and I was rolled into you know the nighttime (laughs) like ER area or wherever I was the hospital then it started to hit me and I started a panic attack. And it was hard because I obviously have my tools because, you know, Andrew's been setting me up for success. But a lot of them involve like, you know, walking, like getting up and moving, which I couldn't do. So that those are my, that's my favorite form of like helping with the, the um, anxiety. So it was really hard that I couldn't do that. And then it was like, OK, call somebody. But I had this roommate and I felt uncomfortable. And then I was just like, it's 9 p.m. and I don't want to worry. I don't know. So that one was kind of out. So then I kept calling the nurse to see if she could bring me like ice cubes. Like it was so fucking hot in there. And we all know how I get when I'm hot. I'm a little, I'm a little diva bitch. And I, it was probably to like save the old person, you know, like old people aren't supposed to be cold or whatever. And I was like, OK, whatever. Um, but anyways, this poor lady, she was like wailing all night and blah, blah. blah. But that's not like the that's not her main character point, okay? This poor lady's main character point comes twofold. One, her poor daughter keeps calling, right? 
And it's so frustrating for me because this woman can't speak, but I know all the answers to this woman's questions. I mean, all they put between you is a, basically a fucking towel, right? Like, it's a sh- goddamn shower curtain. So, like, the woman keeps saying that she got, like, a midnight surgery, that these people came in at night and gave her surgery. So, of course, her daughter's, like, freaking the fuck out because she's like, what the fuck do you mean you just got a midnight surgery? Which, it, that's not what happened because I know because I was there. She just got, like, a tube changed, right? And I want to, like, yell the phone. like, she didn't get a surgery. You know what I mean? But I can't. And I'm, like, trying to call the nurse. And I'm like, the nurse needs to get in here and fucking talk to this woman, right? And shout out to the nurses. They were great. I'm not trying to be mean. But I was like, someone needs to talk to this daughter. She's about to sue your ass. So, you know, whatever. Like, and and then fi- I, I chimed in once because she kept asking if she had a neighbor. And I was like, she does. I'm here. You know, and I was like, I want to tell you that she didn't get a surgery at night. And like, she's not allowed to eat. And she's on ice chips and blah, blah, blah. And she's having a hard time peeing. And like, she definitely pooped herself. And we all had to smell it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is what I'm talking about. 97, I don't want to be shitting myself and having some fucking 30-year-old next to me talk shit about it on their podcast. Like, I, I just can't. But this, like, this is my favorite story about the old lady, okay? So my nurse comes in and I'm, and this is when, at this point, it's Thursday and they're talking about keeping me another night. And I've already had to push therapy because mine's normal on Wednesday and that's when I went to the ER. And I'm like, I need Andrew, Right. Like, let's just go back through all the shit that I'm going through. And I know that, like, the goal is to get to the wedding and I don't want to be a fucking menace to society at the wedding either. Like, you know what I mean? It's like I didn't hustle my way to get to the wedding for me to be a fucking mess. You know what I mean? Which I still was, but in a different way. It's fine. Um, You know, so anyways, I'm like, I need therapy. Can you, if they're going to keep me another night, is there any way, like, is there a room I can go into to take it, blah, blah, blah. I don't know, because I was just thinking I'm in a hospital. They would, like, take my mental health seriously. The nurse goes, well, you know, the lady next to you is is hard of hearing, so I'm sure it will be fine. She's like, you know, we can just turn off her hearing aid if you want. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? She's like, yeah, like, I mean, we can literally just turn off her hearing aid. She won't hear you at all if that's what you're worried about. And I was like, um, I don't think that we should turn off the old lady's hearing aid so I can do therapy. I just feel and I was like, you know, um, thank you for that offer. But she also like wails and people were like in and out of the room like that wasn't the point. But I just it was a lot for me to process that the solution for me to get therapy in the hospital was to turn off the neighbor's hearing aids. All right. So now I'm like, okay, I just want to get out by Friday. I want to go to therapy. Uh, So anyways, you know, I have the doctors popping in. They kind of keep saying we're keeping you Thursday. I'm trying not to panic because all I all I'm thinking about in this moment is that my nails are teal. Okay, my nails are teal and the wedding dresses that we're wearing are like a peachy orange. Okay, and as much as I love the sharks, I can't come to this wedding with these teal ass nails. So I text my mom. So she's coming Friday. I send Jenna, poor Jenna, I blow her up with like a hundred different nail polishes from Target. And I order like basically a little manicure set for my mom to pick up, drive up at Target. I'm like, whatever, I'm doing my fucking nails in the hospital. Like I'm not, I'm first of all, I'm showing up to this wedding no matter what, but I will be damned if I show up with the wrong nail color. Okay. So anyways, I'm that, that's the focus at this point. And I think where the game changer comes into play 
is that I was surprised in the hospital by Jenna. You guys. I couldn't even fucking believe it. I was celebrating myself because I was able to walk to the bathroom, which was such a big accomplishment. And so I go to the bathroom. My mom's there. I come out. I sit on the bed and my mom's like, oh, there's someone here to see you. So I just think it's a doctor. And of course, I'm so excited because, oh, I forgot to mention that my GI was also super cute. And I was like, oh, this will be fun. Like, what if I just married a GI? That would solve so many of my problems. He already talks about poop. Um, He does it for a living. You know what I mean? Like, it wouldn't be weird. I feel like all those like nervous shit things that happened to me like would go away because one of my least favorite things in the whole world about dating is having to tell people about my illnesses. I find it so fucking embarrassing. And obviously I'm sitting here telling you all about it, but like whatever, you're my friends. It's I find it. It's so hard for me. I find it so embarrassing. And because when you Google it, it's just about it's just it's too much. And I listen, I love talking about poo, but it's just there's something weird about dating in it. It just it's hard for me. Okay, it it just is. But what if somebody already knew? What if they already knew? You know what I mean? So anyways, I just think it's my GI again. So I'm excited about that. And in walks Jenna two days before her wedding. And like if you're a bride, like you know how stressful it is leading up to your wedding. If you've been a bridesmaid, you probably know as well. Like there's just so much to do. There's so much last minute shit. She walked in. I absolutely like lost it. Like I didn't like I was just like so the girl was too stunned to speak and I couldn't believe it. And I was like, get yourself a fucking friend who rolls into the hospital for you on her wedding week. You know what I mean? Like and and this is like one of those things about Jenna. Like she's genuinely one of the best people I know. I, I mean, like I I got so lucky when it came to my friends, you know, like I've had some sketch ones in the past. We all know. But like I feel like I solidly ended up with like just the best people and this whole situation really showed that to me and I'll I'll get to that later. Um but you know, I was never afraid that she was going to be mad at me. I never had this fear that like, oh my god, I I thought she would be sad. Obviously, I didn't want to make her sad, but I never had this like, oh my god, Jenna's going to kill me if I don't get to the wedding. I always knew that she cared. It was hard for me. Like I left her out of the newsletters because I was just like, sorry, babe. I just like I don't want to stress you. But, you know, I called her and I told her and she was and I was like, I'm going to get on prednisone. And she was there like when I was 16 and I was on prednisone. So she's seen the crazy firsthand. And she's like, please don't get on that just for my wedding. Like your health comes first. And I was like, babe, I hear you. And I was like, it's twofold. I want to be there. And I'm and I'm tired. Like, I can't just can't do this anymore. Like, I need it to be over. You know what I mean? So it was just so great. But I also think she came in fucking quarterback style because every one of my doctors came in when she was there. And I kept being like, this is the bride. This is the bride. Like, I'm so excited. And then suddenly they came back and they're like, we're going to discharge you. And I was like, oh, my God, I feel like seeing I feel like they just saw the whole picture like the bride's there. Now you're like, you know, she's right there in the flesh. I feel like Jenna pushed me over the finish line and got me that sympathy card and got me out of the hospital, which was just so incredible. And, you know, and I couldn't I could not believe it. I was like, oh, my God, I'm getting out of here. Um, <laughs> my parents were amazing. Like I and they have been. And I'm so grateful for them for letting me like come home be here like like they've had to do I really couldn't walk like they've had to do everything for me my dad's on my like my icing routine like they have to bring me food like it's just it's pretty pathetic to be honest but like 
they really had to do they had to both like take time off work my mom just started a new job she had to take off take me to the hospital and like I mean I'll just like never be able to like thank them enough for that you know what I mean and that was just like so cool that they did that obviously and my (laughs) my dad had to experience being a bridesmaid basically with me and I'll I'll talk about that but you know I just wanted to like give this the moment before I go into the wedding to say that like and try not to cry but I will like I just said I'm unhinged but the amount of people who like just checked in on me and like this is no shade to anybody who didn't because I don't I I wasn't really telling a lot of people I was in the hospital for multiple reasons you know like I was tired. I knew I was going to be able to keep up with my phone. And, you know, like it's just I figured I would just tell them when it's over, like everything that happened. You know, I figured the podcast would come out, you know, whatever. And I did do a social post and I did do some TikToks because I wanted to kind of like it was a good outlet for me. I wanted to give Jenna the shout out she deserved for coming on, (laughs) coming to the hospital and everything, you know. So I did post a little bit. But, you know, just being able to have people to text and send these newsletters to. And I'm sorry that I didn't send them to everybody. But like just knowing that there were people that cared enough that I could send them to was so life changing for me. And one of the things about me getting sick whenever I do is that I feel like I'm always at my loneliest. Like whenever I'm sick, I just feel so alone. And it's one of a point of contention with me in relationships because, you know, I'm really nervous about dating somebody who's not going to like understand this and not going to like be there for me. And so I get really nervous. That's another reason I get nervous around the whole sickness thing, because like I just really I dated someone for a really long time who in the beginning was there for me and then just dropped off. And it was like the worst feeling in the world. Like and it also goes back to, you know, when I was getting Crohn's and I wasn't being taken seriously by my doctors, you know, and it's about someone not feeling like you're not getting taken seriously. And then it's another another step forward of losing friends over this. Like, I just get nervous around this whole process and it makes me really feel lonely. And nobody even gave me the chance to feel lonely. Like, the amount of nice things people did for me from just, you know, literally being there over text message to showing up in the hospital to, you know, sending me nice things. Like, I... The I can't even process the love that I just like got over this last week. And like I had already kind of, you know, talked about this a little bit with the camp thing where where I feel like I've been stuck in this rut of like, I don't think I matter that much and like all these things. And here were all these people just checking on me, you know, and I and like I said, like it would have had mattered to me if people didn't because I know that like everybody's super busy and and I'm not trying to like, you know, say anything about that. But it was just like, it was nice, just simple like, hey, how are you? Text messages or just funny responses to the to the to the um the newsletters or DMs or anything, comments, you know, like it it was unbelievable. The support I got was just so unbelievable. And I'm trying to get back to all the text messages and it really felt like this whole time I was like, really, like not to be dramatic, but you know, I love the drums. Like I was fighting for my life and, but I wasn't fighting alone. You know, I will give myself the fucking cred. I took it very seriously. This is probably like the most mature I've like handled an illness and was really like 
we're going to I'm going to do my best to keep myself protected, which I think is something that we should all do. This was like a big lesson for me. Like I needed to make sure that like I was putting my best foot forward. So whether that was taking the time off from work that I needed, talking to the people who were going to make me feel safe and 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 make me feel protected, the people I could trust, like I'm not going to go out of my way and talk to people that I couldn't at that time, you know, and really like doing and listening to everything that anybody told me. I tried to take everybody's advice. You know, I listened. I tried new things. I wasn't like hesitant. I wasn't scared. I was like, I'm going to go in this with confidence and bravery and we're going to handle it. And I did that on my own. I'm so proud. But I feel like there was this whole like I didn't have to do it totally alone because everybody was so kind to me. So I just wanted to say thank you so much to everybody who like reached out to me and 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 everything. It was just amazing. And then so my ass made it to the fucking wedding, which was like the best thing ever. So I still made it to the rehearsal. So I ended up coming home Thursday night. Thank God I was able to get a nail appointment. Um, I was so nervous. I was like, I don't want these fucking teal nails, you know? So I had the right nail color. Um, and I, and my friend Erin called in and got them paid for, for me, which was so, so nice. And my mom, t- I was like, mom, can you please take me to get my nails done? Um, <laughs> and I made it to the rehearsal. I was like dressed, which was very exciting. I was rolling in with my walker and it was a vibe. It was a full vibe. Uh, my dad bought me a walker, which was also so kind. And he was really poor. My dad had to be like my chauffeur all weekend. So he drove me the rehearsal dinner, dropped me off. And it was so much fun. I had I got really lucky because like the bridal party in general was just so amazing. I, I had known a lot of them before. Some of them I had just met. But between like the groomsmen and the bridesmaids, like everybody was so helpful to me. And that was so nice because like I was trying so hard as much as I like love the drama. I don't like to be the drama. So like I didn't want any attention on me at all. But at the same time, like I couldn't do everything like I couldn't get up and get water. Like I was just trying so hard to reserve my strength. And the other thing that was so awesome was that like I was walking down the aisle with Jenna's sister, one of my good friends, Gabby, her fiance, Rich. And so it was nice because I already felt comfortable with him. So I was like, you know, I I, I felt like if I needed to put all my, you know, strength in him, we could do it. And he was so supportive of me. And that was so great. He was like, whatever we need to do, like we're getting you down. So I did the first rehearsal. I walked down, I stood up there, came back and I was like, okay, thank God. Like I, I can do this for sure. And I was it was like just really a beautiful thing. And the rehearsal dinner was so fun. Like it was so nice getting to hang out. So Jenna went to the University of Miami um, for college. And so she had like a roommate best friend out there. And I finally got to meet her because she came out. We sat. We joked. We called, we named my Walker Betty. And they actually bought me like little ribbons to put on, which was so fucking sweet. Um, it, the food was amazing. The people were great. It, what was so hard for me is that, you know me, I'm a social bitch. I love to hop around and like visit with everybody. And so it was hard to not be able to do that so much. But I was like happy that I sat with like I sat down and I got to like talk with with people. And that was good. It was just like I didn't get to see everybody. And then I ended up making the decision. We were staying at the venue, which is, you know, my favorite thing in the whole world, because like I love a good fucking ratchet walk from the venue. You're just already there. You don't have to worry about leaving party. So but I ended up I was also like very close to my parents house. And I was like, let's make the right move. Let's like go home, you know. So I I went home that night 
And I was like, hey, you know, because, you know, obviously 11 time vet here. I was like, you know, do we need like bagels or mimosas or whatever? And they're like, yeah, I was like, well, I can pick that up because I'm, you know, I'm going to be coming back here in the morning. So my dad got to experience what it's like to go full Ashley. Right. I'm like, all right, here we go. We're going to need to get waters and juice and champagne and snacks and bagels. And he was like, okay, so I, you know, we, I made him do the whole shebang with me. So that was super nice. I like made him wheel this like wagon full of like just goodies and shit. It was just like so fucking funny. I thought that I had him do that and, you know, getting ready was so great. Jenna looks so beautiful. And one of my favorite parts of being in a wedding is the whole getting ready process in the morning. We're all in our matching pajamas, like mimosas are flowing. It was funny because I was like, I can open bottles, but I'm not going to drink, you know, yet. And um, so I was there's this amazing picture of me just like sitting in a chair that my my friend Kelsey took. I've got ice on my ankles and I'm like opening a bottle of champagne. I'm like, this is the vibe. Um, it was just so fun. All the girls were just so amazing. So beautiful, like literally like just the most beautiful people like inside and out. And of course, Jenna looked incredible. And the the videographer was also super cute. And I felt like I was winning major points with him because I am crazy and I would like look for things. I'm like, OK, well, you know, save the good bottle of champagne for pictures and like don't wear your hair ties and then like do this, do this, which I it's hard because I never know whether I should be unleashed or not. But, you know, I just I became unleashed and I just gave all my opinions and everybody seemed to still love me. So it was good. Uh, then, you know, came time for the wedding. I felt bad because I had to wear like I was trying to find the right shoes to wear because I originally was going to wear some strappy sandals. Well, obviously, originally I was going to wear heels. And then I was like, oh, where are my sandals? But where the strap was was a, was where this rash thing was. So I couldn't really like wear those. So, you know, those weird fucking Kanye West slides that people love, like this, the marshmallow looking ones. Like I I talked to my uh, physical trainer who would come in in the hospital. I was like, these are the shoes I ordered on Amazon. They look kind of supportive. I ordered them a size bigger so they fit my feet. I got them in beige, which shout out to my dad because I wanted to get the neon greens. And he was like, well, if you have to, if you just in case you have to wear them for the wedding, you should get them in beige. Like the way my dad came out as the ultimate bridesmaid was like really a lot. You know what I mean? So anyways, I put on these slides I was wearing and I wore them for the wedding and I was horrified because you could kind of see them because my dress had a slit and it was high. And I was like, oh, my God, the shoes. I literally was like rich, the shoes. And he was like, Ashley. You were in the hospital like two days ago. Like you're here. Nobody cares about your shoes. And I knew that Jenna didn't when her suggestion was that I get a walker with a chair and sit up there in the front. Like I was like, this bitch, all she cares is that I'm there. So she's not going to care about my fucking monster slides. Like at the end of the day, she just wants me there. And I was there. And, you know, it, like, of course, I cried like through the whole ceremony um, <laughs> because it's me. I cry at weddings and too. It's like one of my best friends. But when I came back, when I like walked back in and I hugged Sergio, I just started like sobbing. And he was like, are you OK? And I was like, I'm just so happy for you. And then I think it really hit me that I was like, oh, my God, like I made it like the whole thing for me was leading up and not to make it about me, obviously, but like whatever it is, my podcast. I'm just kidding. It was about Jenna and their love and they looked great and they were amazing. There was just this other part to me that was just like, oh, my God, for two weeks, I've been so nervous that I wasn't going to make it to this wedding. And I did. And it happened. And I made it down the aisle. And now it's like, 
whatever happens from here happens from here, you know, like, but I, but I did it. And when I was standing up there, I was, I was just like, oh my God, like, I, I don't know what I would have done if I would have missed this. You know what I mean? Like, I, I hate missing things in general. I had to miss a wedding. My beautiful friend, Christina, had to miss her wedding and I felt like so horrible about it, you know, and I think I'm probably going to have to miss a bachelorette party this weekend and I feel horrible about that too. And, you know, I, I hate missing things. And, you know, I just felt so lucky that I didn't miss that. Like, I just felt so lucky that I did not miss this wedding. Like, I just, it's all I I was hoping for and wanted. And I didn't miss it. I didn't miss it. And that was, that was so great. So now I'm on the men's. Um, I, the problem that's happening right now, you guys, <laughs> is that I'm obsessed with my skinny ankles. I think I'm having weird body dysphoria about my ankles and I just think I'm the hottest bitch because of my feet. I think I get the fucking OnlyFans feet thing now because I literally am obsessed with my ankles. I can see them. I think I literally lost weight in them, if you can believe it. Because when you're standing, staring at like monstrosities, and by the way, the first nurse, I forgot about this, the first nurse who came in and told me I wasn't wa- walking, wasn't going to walk, she's like, oh, look at your little cankles. I was like, give me a syringe. I'm going to slowly die. Like, look at your little kinkles. First of all, there's nothing little about kinkles. Second of all, they're not fucking little. They're fucking huge and they're hairy. And so now I just stare at my ankles and I'm so proud of them. I'm so proud of my skinny ankles. (laughs) My skinny ankles is going to get me through the fucking prednisone shit. So anyways, All of this amazing story is to share that I'm a fucking mess. I don't know, you know. Oh, I guess I should explain why this happened. I feel like I just skipped all that. So, like, let me give you the diagnosis. So, basically, what happened was that uh, what this all comes down to is that my Crohn's disease, basically, I wasn't put on the right medication. And so um, it my body has felt like it went untreated for basically over a year now. Like I had my colonoscopy, as we know, in February of 2021. And so, you know, they prescribed this medication. And basically since then, it's been wrong. So um, my body was pissed that it wasn't getting, you know, what it was supposed to get. And so there was a name for it. I just didn't feel like learning it because it's not going to be a permanent disease. This is just like this was like a a, a one stop and done. It's like I only I'm not learning your name unless you're sticking around. Okay, Um, you're just another swipe on the bumble. And so anyways, um, yeah, they're like so they're better now. I'm not fully mobile. I'm going to return home to my apartment once I think I can get up the stairs. Basically, I'm thinking this weekend should be it, which is very exciting. Um, obviously I'm in fully aware that it is September 1st, um, tomorrow when this comes out and it's fall and I want to decorate my apartment. And I just, I've had a wonderful time here with my parents. They've been super amazing, but I am definitely ready, um, to get back to my own apartment and just, they don't make me feel this way, but I just, it's like, I feel like I'm a lot here and, you know, I just, I, I'm ready to kind of gain a little bit of independence back and, um, be at the apartment that I fucking pay for. You know what I mean? I wish you could like pause medical emergency or whatever. So anyways, that's what happened. It's been a whirlwind of a couple weeks, but we did it. And, you know, I just have to say again, thank you to everybody who was so fucking supportive of me. Um, and being there for me and 
you know, thank, I'm so thankful for the doctors for taking me seriously. Um, it sucks that it took that long for that to happen, but I'm glad that it, that it did. I'm glad that this today was my last day taking the prednisone, so I'm sure I won't be feeling this in, extremely unhinged um, <laughs> for the next couple uh, days. I'm sure it will it will wean itself out, and you know I'm excited to go back on hot girl walks. Like I've had to miss so many hot girl walks, and I just I want to go back. I want my feet back. I'm proud of my skinny ankles, and um, yeah. <laughs> Hi friends, I'm so excited to talk to you about one of my new favorite brands, Kitsch. I don't know about everyone else, but I'm going back into the office and Kitsch has not only been so useful from work from home life, it is also very helpful for going back into the office. So listen to this. I started with the very cute like cheetah print satin pillowcase that I'm obsessed with. It sets the tone for my new bedroom. I'm in love and honestly, it really does make my skin and hair feel better and I'm not just shitting you on that. And then when I was working from home, listen, I would do this thing where I would take a shower and then I would throw my hair up in the towel scrunchie and then like when I felt like getting out of my pajamas and I had to have a meeting, I would go blow dry my hair and it cut down the time astronomically. And then now I've got like the little ice roller thing because now I have to be up and like get in a car and drive to work. So I need to wake my ass up and the ice roller just does just that and it's so amazing, so helpful. And then I also got the heatless curler. So I can like curl my hair in that little, you know, pillow looking thing. And then I drive to work and I take it out and bam, I look flawless. I highly recommend Kitsch. They have all sorts of amazing products. Like I just named a bunch, but they have so much more. And you can get 15% off with promo code AshleySleek15. That is Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-E, Sleek, S-L-E-E-K, 15 and you can visit the link in my bio on Instagram to shop super easy. It's at Ashley Sleek on Instagram. Okay, bye. Listen, so I knew today was going to be a lot about explaining my my whole journey to you all. And so, you know, I don't have a major I'm sorry wet moment, but I just feel like it'd be remiss for me to end the podcast without talking about the fucking VMAs. And listen, nothing else matters other than the fact that Taylor Swift announced that T.S. Ted is coming. Taylor Swift 10. We're getting the 10th album. It's called Midnight. And she already stepped out that night in an era outfit. Like, get ready, bitches. Midnight Blue is happening. Change up your wardrobe. Get ready. It's coming out on October 21st, which, of course, you know, I'm going to talk about is Kim Kardashian's birthday. Um, apparently there's something about, I think the day she announced that it was also the day Donda was released or something like that. But listen, I don't know what's coming out of Taylor Swift. She said that basically this is like songs that like keep her up at night. And I was like, we all know Taylor's one of us. We all know she's like anxious and mentally unstable like the rest. And that's why we love her so much. So, you know, this is going to be like a hit hard album. It's coming out right before my 30th birthday, which I appreciate. Um, so I get to ride into 30 with Midnight. I I love this bitch. She showed up in a dress that looked like the look what me look what you made me do music video. And I'm a reputation stand. My favorite Taylor Swift era is reputation. So if it's if she wore that outfit, it's dropping on Kim Kardashian's birthday. I hope we're getting some shade. I really do. I loved 
I love all versions of Taylor, but like I fuck with her reputation so hard. Like I love when a bad bitch just stands up for herself. So like I'm into it. Um, but I did think she was going to also announce that, you know, re-recording a reputation was coming out, but she didn't. The funniest thing about this whole thing for me was like Taylor Swift was there. So obviously knew something was going down. So I watched and the whole time. I'm like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? When she announced was the one time I was in the bathroom. So I did actually physically miss the announcement, but like it took two seconds for it to show up on my phone. I'm thrilled. I'm screaming. I'm crying. It's a perfect storm. I can't wait. We love a bitch who's coming back. We love a new era. I'm into it. Her hair looked amazing. She looked fire. Um, You know, everybody was making jokes that she was like drunk the whole time, which we love that. We love an unapologetic Taylor. Like she's got this new confidence ever since reputation. And it's just chef's kiss chef's kiss for me bitches so um i'm i'm super super excited there was one other thing i wanted to say um i think it could technically be an i'm sorry what moment um but i just wanted to say that i don't think we needed needed a remake of pinocchio i think that when disney is sitting there thinking about movies that they should like remake and do fun things with i would like to start a petition to keep pinocchio off that list pinocchio is a single-handedly the most scary movie in the whole fucking world it is terrifying, horrifying, and nobody needs it. It's like this man who like brings this little boy to life. It's just weird. And then like the whole wood thing, it's just like, I just can't. And it's I'm getting ads for it and I need them to stop. I just think that we could live in a world without Pinocchio. And I and I mean it. And you can fight me however, which way sideways you want. But we do not need a world with more Pinocchio. And I'll die on that hill if I need to. I absolutely will. And, you know, I like I said, I knew that this was going to be mostly an update about my my life. So um, those are the two side things I want to talk about. But thank you so much for listening and going on this health journey with me. I hope that, you know, you all enjoyed it, I guess. Like, that's a weird thing to say. But, um, you know, I truly, you know, went from hospital to wedding in 48 hours. And I have to say it was an amazing wedding and I know I keep saying I'm just so glad I didn't miss it the people immaculate it was also fun because um there was a lot of culture there so like Jenna and Sergio met doing um I'm not gonna pronounce it right so she calls it like Mexican ballet so I'm gonna call it that and so they did like a dance and I lost my voice screaming so hard because I was like so hyped for it and then it was just fun like having music like you know um it was just like the vibes were so great. And and in case you're wondering, I did have a couple beers, but um, I was more interested in the end of the night churros. So at the end of the night, I probably had like six churros and, you know, lived my absolute best life. The maid of honor, her sister was just so incredible, you know, like game respects game. So when I see a good Mo, I have to shout them out because she was like so on top of everything. Like you can just tell I, this is what I think the sign of a good maid of honor is for reals is if your bride like feels comfortable to ask like you know I think that like if your bride is just like I can ask for anything at this moment like you've accomplished what you need from a Mo. like as a Mo, like the what, all you can ask is that your bride just like has a good time and you could tell that like Jenna trusted Gabby and it was just really great and like I said all the bridesmaids were just so amazing they were so helpful to me which you know was so great and I just thought the wedding was like the best time with the best people and I I wish more than anything that I was like feeling 100% and able to drop it low but listen I brought the walker on the dance floor at the end of the night and Betty had a good time she she really she really killed it and um 
Anyways, I know I'm just sporadic and all over the place, but I am excited to be back with you next week, hopefully in my apartment, hopefully with my video up so I can like send you clips what I look like. You know, I'd send you my cute ankles, but you know, I'm going to save that to get money for. Um, and I just love you all so much. And it is crazy that, you know, one of the things I had to come to terms with, and I think I've come to terms with this a lot in my life, is that like anything can really happen to you at any time. You know, like this was so unexpected out of the blue. I would have had no idea that this medical thing would have happened to me. And I mean, you could literally go outside and like trip and hurt yourself. And this isn't to scare you or make your anxiety go high like it did for me for a moment. Like I had this panic like on Saturday, on Sunday, I was like, oh, my God, like this can happen to me at any time. And I've always had that. My fear has always been that I'd have to go to the bathroom before a wedding or something and miss it. Um, This was a lot stronger than that. But, um, you know, I it, it can happen at any time. And I think for me, like I've been on this journey of just, you know, really trying to live a life that I'm proud of and happy with and just to, you know, not let all these big things that like can totally demoralize me and and make me stop, like just not do not let that happen anymore. Like obviously I'm not perfect. and I'm always going to have problems, but like I just think that it's so important to live a life that you enjoy and like at any point something can happen and it's it's all about how you respond to that you know like bad things are going to happen but and you have no control over them and that sucks and that was hard for me but what I kept reminding myself was I have control over how I handle this I have control over what happens like of course there were little outbursts and cries and things that like just kind of happen and I let them and it's fine but overall like It was my responsibility to get me to that finish line. It was my responsibility to do everything I could to help my body. And I did. And I think this is just like such a great lesson. And I hope that you all take yourself seriously and just do things you want to do. Like we have one life. Just enjoy it. Like that's all I can really say. I didn't obviously sometimes when I'm talking all inspirational and shit I just like babble and I know that but I hope that you took something from it and I just I just experienced such a wild range of emotions over the last like two weeks and most importantly I think I'm just proud of myself for the way that I really tried to handle it and you know I I hope that you guys do things in your life that you are proud of too and I love you so much and hopefully next week I have you know a fun hot mess story of course but not one that involves a hospital also, I was devastated to find out that I didn't get to keep any of the doctors. I, I asked to switch my whole doctor team to the Stanford team. And I thought that meant I was getting the people from my room, you know, so I would have a chance with maybe the GI or the dermatologist. I did not. So um, if you think I'm not going to do some cyber stalking to find them, you're out of your fucking mind. Of course I am. I'll keep you posted. Um, but anyways, I love you all so much. Thank you so much for choosing to listen to this podcast to be supportive of me, to be my friend. I love you so much. Please like, comment, subscribe, download, um, leave a comment. Let me know. I, uh, yeah, let me know what you thought. And if you ever need to talk, I'm here for you too. Okay, love you. Okay, bye.